right, what's up, you dirtbags? We are back with the biggest episode we have ever had. My name is Luke Agabrotten, co-host of the Dirtbags podcast. We've got our other co-host, Luke Payne, with us here. How are we doing, Luke? I'm doing good, Luke. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing because, more importantly, we have got a very important guest, a candidate for Dirtbag of the Year, Monticello Go Crazy. We've got Garrett Williams from GM Outdoor Services. What's going on, man? Just uh, doing my thing, doing what I've been doing the last five years. Doing your thing. Doing your thing. Five, love it. five years. Anticipated episode. I'll tell you what. I got a yeah. lot of I got a lot of people that were like, I can't wait for this to come out. I got so many questions, and I'm like, send me those questions. I got like Dude. four of them. That's here, dude. Wait, it's it's ready for you. So I'm going to jump in. So five years, you said you've been doing this thing. You're 22 years old. Uh, so I, I have down July, 2017. That's when you started the business. Um, yeah. How'd you know, how'd man, you know that? <laughs> honestly, did a little research, did a little, did a little <laughs> deep sock, dive. Sock me on the internet. <laughs> yep. And, yeah. uh, but no, I already talked to Spotify, um, the higher ups there and they know that this episode's happening. So they're, they talk to their IT team and We're they know this is going to blow up. So here we go, boys. And uh, Luke, I'll let you take it, take it away here. Awesome. All right, Garrett, 22 years old. I'm going to hit you with something right away. This was actually a question that was sent to me here. Okay. And bef- before we start, I should have said this. I want you to really dive into some of this stuff. Okay. I want you to give us the dirty details. I want you to really explain things. I feel like our listeners love to hear about in-depth stuff instead of surface level stuff. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. when I ask a question, when Luke asks a question, fucking balls deep, man, just go all in. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, I won't say what I was going to say, but anyway. Okay. So 22 years old, started in 2017. Um, The growth, dude, I've followed you probably since like 20, I would say 2018. That's when I like, yeah. I, I remember seeing posts from like yeah. 2018 and yeah. just the I think, amount of I think we've, I, Yeah, I feel like we've always kind of known who each other are. I mean, I was in Fargo once. It was funny. I was driving through Fargo and I was like, I was with my fiance at the time. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get through this town without seeing someone I know from Instagram. And all of a sudden, here's this guy. Pulling, hey, Gary, hey, Gary. She's like, who is that? I'm like, oh, it's my buddy Luke. <laughs> Did she look at you and be like, you're yeah. famous. She's like, like, you're famous. She's like, what's, she's, she's like, what's wrong with this guy? I'm like, oh, that's Luke. <laughs> Luke, I don't know if you heard that story, but he was pulling through a Starbucks and I was on veterans and I saw the, I saw his pickup where it said GM yeah. outdoor services. And I saw the big G and I was like, I gotta stop. I was like, I whipped around. I think I almost got pulled over, but, and then I was like, get him, what's up? and he's like, dude, I'm really tired. I need to get home. I'm like, good seeing you. See you later. <laughs> Dude, I was uh, uh that, was, that was like a Friday, and, and I've literally been driving since like the Friday before. I drove like eighty hours in a week, and I went up to the West Coast and up to Oregon, Washington, back around. So I was just dead. Oh man, good uh, for you, I man! I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I couldn't do that. It was good. It was uh, fun because that's your now wife, correct? That was your fiance. Yeah. Yep. That wasn't. We're actually. Wait, yeah, we we're actually coming back. We got married. We basically eloped to the West Coast, so we're on our way back from that. So, yeah. Oh shit! Okay. I didn't know you was at a lobe at that time. Hell yeah! Okay, well, good. I'm glad that I'm glad that wasn't like a Christina or someone else that you know wasn't involved at the time. But uh, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, but honestly, though, I'm curious for myself as well on this. So year by year, I feel like it almost it almost kind of like ten times itself year after year for you. Just the growth that you saw. How 
how did you grow? Like, what were, what were some mm -hmm. of your secrets? What were some of the things that you knew or like you saw that you capitalized on and you're like, that's, what's mm -hmm. going to get me to the next step. Yeah. So I would say a couple things. So like, just for a little perspective, if, if someone doesn't know any of our story, when we started in 2017, I was 17, my sister, Marlena, uh, she was like 20, 21. And we had basically nothing. She had a bunch of credit card debt. I had two grand saved up. I was living with my parents' time. She moved out and was making, you know, minimum wage at a, uh, she started working at a hardware store and went to work at a couple different construction companies, whatever. But so like we started from like ground zero. Both our parents always worked a nine to five. Like they never gave us anything. If you wanted anything, we had to work for it. So <clears throat> started really young with my grandpa, working with him for free up until the time I was about 15. They started paying me a little bit. And you know what every average kid does, they make a little money, they go buy a dirt bike, you know, you oh, blow yeah. it, whatever. So, so we had nothing. We were starting from ground zero. We weren't really involved in the community either. We were homeschooled. So like we knew our neighbors and whatnot, but like we weren't like, you know, really involved with the local communities. Like we didn't know anyone and we had nothing. And all we had, like I made a post the day, like it doesn't take money to make money. It takes work ethic. Work ethic. Like we had no money. We had like no connections. We just had like a drive and like a, or, like a want, like we had a vision. Like we, we want to have our own company. We want to have employees, equipment, and like do, do work with people that we, you know, that we like being around. And, you know, we, our goal is always to be the best in our area to get the go to, you know, service provider in our industry. So I basically quit the landscape job that I had and just went like all for it. Like, just like all in, like, I'm, you know, I, at the point I had nothing to lose. I can go back to these jobs whenever so like just started from there i got a first job from facebook uh facebook ad you know create a little website you know free online whatever we could and then uh, i got actually a second job was from a referral from that customer another second job and then just went went on from there and it's <clears throat> so like the opportunity is there for everyone well depending on where you're at you know where you're located like for here everyone that lives in our area had the same opportunity that we have um i think a, a lot of it is like doing the work like putting in the work that it takes it's so much easier said than done and I think a big part of it is like people listen to podcasts like this or listen to, they go to a training course for a week and they spend thousands of dollars and they listen to this guy and he pumps them up and they're all motivated and they get home and they do nothing with it. Like they don't take notes and then make sure that they implement that and live by that day to day. Like, like that, I, I think that's a big part of it is like figuring out what it takes is like just everything you need to know to build a million dollar company is on YouTube. Like literally start a company and the landscape excavating and to build a million, everything you know is on YouTube. If you listen to it and then actually apply it. For some people, they watch the video, they think it's funny just for that. And they, you know, they don't do anything with it. So like, that's, that's what we've done. It's we've, like, we, we've, we've, we've had a few mentors. We have changed kind of that over the years, you know, as we've grown a lot and just kind of like, just like you get some good, get a good advice, get a good tip, like utilize that, stick with it, you know, try it instead of just, you know, in one, in one year and out the other. I like that. Does that make so sense? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It makes sense. How do you stay motivated? Like how, how did you, obviously from where you started to where you are now, how are you constantly on that path? Like I have my vision, like I, yeah. I deal with it all so, the time where I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of the way I am, but it's like, it's like Luke, it's like, uh, you know, when you get up in the morning, you know, don't forget, you got to breathe, you know, 50 times a minute, whatever it is, yep. like you just know you got to do it. It's automatic. Like that's how this has been for us. Like we've always, like we knew what we wanted. It, it wasn't like we had to, like, like we, like, you know, everyone writes their goals down. We don't write our goals down. We do. We wrote them down at the beginning of the year. Haven't looked at them once since. Like we know our goals. Like it's like, we both had the same vision of what we want. We talk about it a lot where it's like, it's kind of like, it, it's kind of just like in us. We knew what we wanted. And it was like, so like, we wanted it so bad to where you don't have to write down and look at it every day because you, you want, like you, like you got to breathe, you need oxygen. You do it automatically, no matter what, you don't got to think about it. You just do it. Like you, you get it. 
like that's kind of what it was like we, we we like we knew what we wanted we were on the same track and then we just like every single day since we like for the first three four years like we, we put everything we had in this. like everyone was like we we're working every single day all day every day like, i mean it like working 5 a.m to 10 11 p.m sleeping getting up do it over again all day you know monday to saturday half day sunday whatever everyone's telling me oh, you're a workaholic we didn't have any hobbies like that's what we did we worked like you know like people, you don't have any hobbies you're a workaholic oh you got your nose to grind something like yeah whatever like people you know that work a regular job tell you that like that's that's what it takes to really really grow to really build like a, a good sustainable company in a short amount of time and that's what it takes it takes a lot it's a lot of work it takes a lot of money it takes a lot of risk um but you know it can be done How i think like, you, ha you have to really want it like you have to want it bad like if you just kind of like if it's a hobby like don't ever get there yeah no i agree um luke you look like you had a question i've got like seven of them so i'm, I'm keeping a mental note of them so you go for it yeah, Garrett, uh, you talked about surrounding yourself with people and mentors, and that just happens as you start growing your business. Um, but I know you made a big change uh, when you decided that you can only grow so far if, you know, when you're in the equipment. So what, talk yeah. a little bit about that when you made that decision to step away from the, you know, being the technician in the business and start running yeah. uh, more of the back end. And how'd you know when to do honestly, it? Yeah, honestly, that, that, that's been tough for me because when I was young, like I always loved running equipment. I always tried to be like the absolute best, like at it. Like I try to always learn, learn from other people what I can apply it. And like, I would try to improve. Like I try to be the best guy in the piece of equipment around. So like I try to, you know, strive to, to keep learning with that. Um, it was like, so when first it was just me on the field and then, you know, obviously doing, I was bidding, doing all the work and then recently had enough, you know, work, work flown in to where then, you know, I couldn't keep up. So then we, we hired um, my brother and then, and a couple other guys, you know, another guy, another guy, another guy. And it just got to the point where there's so much, you know, so much work ops that couldn't do it. And then the sales and like, it just kept growing and growing and growing. So kind of what, like what we've done is once we have enough work for say a sales guy, if you have 30 hours of work for a week for a sales guy, hire the sales guy. If you're doing 30 hours a week in sales, say, you know, with your excavating, if you do a lot of like, you know, depending on the work you're doing, because some stuff you give it to builder, like we're starting a neighborhood on Monday, it's 71 basements. Like we already have a price. We don't have to do any bidding there. We go in, we're, we're going to be working there for a year. We don't have to do any bidding. So it depends a lot on the work you're doing, but say you're doing 30 work, thirty hours a week in estimating, well, now is the time to hire, you know, find a good estimator, get them going and, and you know, find enough, you know, do more marketing, get enough so where you can work 40, 50 hours and to where you can, you know, get that off your plate. But obviously that's gotta be a really good, really good key guy because he's kind of the face of the company representing you and everything. But um, when I would say is, is like, when you have the work is, or close or you're close to have the work. Like if I don't have any estimating to do, I'm not going to hire an estimator, you know, but if I have 30 hours a week, 25, 30 hours, then I'm going to hire him. Then I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it to where he's working, you know, full-time. That's what he wants to do. Or you hire someone part-time. However. Yeah. I think that's so a, I, a really good point there because, you know, there's, there's a level of bootstrapping you need to do in your business. You can't just hire it out right away. Um, so no I think that's a, a great rule of thumb though, is like 25 to 30 hours. And with myself, um, my thing was the finances, you know, I found myself, I was doing all of our books. I was doing all, all of our invoicing, balancing everything. And it started to take over a little bit. And I said, okay, well, this isn't what I'm great at. So let's take this off my plate. Yeah now you have like a whole new slate of, okay, let's now double down at what I am good at and, you know, go oh, from there. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's stuff that people say, you know, do you, would you spend time and learn to get better at you're not, I think get better at things you're not good at or like doing or do more what you like, like you're in everyone's best at doing what they like doing, what they enjoy. So like, if you can do that and, and find people to do the rest, like that's where you're really going to thrive. 
and and you got to find someone that like our guy michael he's been with us for over a year now like he's an absolute like animal like he, he loves sales he's always he's one of those guys like started doing sales off the bat and just loved it super outgoing always got a smile on his face he's like on the ball he says he's gonna get a quote sent today he gets it sent today no matter what before he goes to sleep like we, he's awesome at sales like he's better at it than me he keeps up he's con- talk, constantly on the phone like he loves it and like he's he's great at it he, he's running 50 to 70 hours a week doing all the sales and then i help out you know when he's bogged down or if he's on vacation or if there's you know a client i've worked with a while or whatever but so now he does basically all of our sales we found him really fortunate to find him through linkedin it's been a really really good fit fuck yeah dude, that's super sp- cool speaking of linkedin <laughs> love linkedin dude linkedin has been amazing uh luke and i are gonna do some sort of class on that just because like we've seen it transform our businesses and yeah. it's it's incredible I don't think I don't think we can teach it, Luke, because I want notes as well, and I'm no wizard <laughs> at it. So, well, if anybody's really good at LinkedIn, let us know. Um, so, okay, so that leads into a really good question, Garrett. How did from the LinkedIn point? How did you find a lot of your work? Seventy-one fucking basements in a development. Hats off to you, brother. That's insane. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, just just like for that customer, for instance, this guy reached out on Google a year ago. And he's like, hey, I got this fiveplex I need a bid on. Uh, and he had a bunch of like random site work. Because the guy's, the, the guy, the original site work guy he had was kind of, the stuff was just thrown everywhere and it's kind of a mess. So he's, he, he wanted to get rid of him to do it from doing all the foundations and he wanted us to come in and then kind of clean the place up and finish out the development. So we gave him a bid and he doesn't reply. And so we call him, we text him, we email him, nothing, doesn't reply. So we keep, we, every week, every two weeks, we hit him with an email, a text, a call, do that for, probably three months don't hear nothing and then one day it says hey yeah yep we want you to do it can you do it on monday you're like yep no problem we'll be there we'll get it done and so we finished up that whole neighborhood and now they're starting another like that was three months of follow-up just to get that one and then we showed up we did it we're on time you know everything works out good they pay right away like now we're you know now it's like when they start to start their next one like we're the guy yeah so, so when it's some- like it's being like it's being like hyperactive it's being like super like not sitting here waiting for it to come to me but going out there and getting like being really proactive about it, like really good with follow-up, you know, sticking to your word, always doing what you say you're going to do like that, that really helped, you know, that, that's what it takes. So with your sales side tactics of that, like if somebody asks, or if somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, this contractor, you know, they're kind of messy, you know, they don't, I don't like how they do this. Do you tell them how you guys like operate? Or are you just like, Nope, no problem. Thank you for letting us know that. And do you just tr- try to fucking exceed their expectations? And basically not yeah. try to sell them, but then let them yeah. notice that. That's a, that's a good question because you, you, I can't just tell everyone that, hey, we're the best, you know, call, like yep. we're, we're, not, we're trying to be the best. I don't know if we are or aren't, but we're trying to be like, have the best communication, best quality work, you know, best follow through everything. That's, that's our goal. But like, you can't just come out and tell someone that they're not going to, they're not going to believe you. Like they're going to think you're arrogant. They're going to think you're cocky. So to, to relay that, like, hey, this is kind of what we are, what we stand for is kind of difficult. So what I usually do is I'll ask, okay, like, what's something you really don't like about them? What's something you want to change? What's something you do like about them? And, you know, are you, and then it's always, of course, with the builder, it's always about price. Like, uh, you know, are, are you willing to pay a little more for better quality? Or are you looking to kind of, you know, to get it for a little cheaper? Like, just kind of feel them out. And then, I, and I was telling them, you know, our, our, we always strive to, to, you know, to be the best in our area and, you know, to offer really good customer service, quality of work. And, and then, you know, like I always say too, like, it's not about, you know, everyone makes mistakes. And when we do, we always make it right. 
like and that's just comforting to them because they know like if you acknowledge you're gonna make a mistake and like hey when we do we'll make it right then like they're they're totally comfortable with you already and like yep. they're not worried about anything they know that you're so like on that it's, yeah it's funny on that project one there was a big black wall they had to put in our guy drove a big wheel loader full of you know full bucket dirt like two feet from and it balled so at the end of the black wall so immediately we told him like hey you know our guy drove by this thing you know and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll dig all behind it and reset the block and you'll straighten it out and take a guy an hour or two or whatever. And they go, okay, yeah, no problem. So, you know, got it done. No, no, no issue. You know, we weren't, you know, like, oh, it was like that. or Peter Yeah, Allen, yeah. Like, oh, it was another guy. It wasn't us. <laughs> no, no, like, no, we're the only one there with the big wheel loader at that time. Like, it was perfect before. It's so, like, like that, that's perfect instance. Like make, making that little thing. It's like, it's like who you are when no one's looking is that's who you really are. You know, I mean, we could totally try to blame on the other guy or he's only leaving a little bit. It probably would have been fine, but it's like, no, we're going to make it right. Yep. And that, that just goes so far. I love run. how, because honestly, I'm sure you see it all the time on social media. And I do, I, I see a bunch of people saying on how they're the greatest. They do this, the best, they've got the best machinery. And I'm like, dude, I mean, I don't believe that when I see it anymore, because I feel like <laughs> no one does. No, no, and I, I feel like that makes you less credible. I'm like, let let my work speak for itself. Let me have a conversation with you. Yeah. So I I, I love how you do that too, because granted, I think you guys do really good work. I don't know the work that you guys do, but just from like the content you put out and how it, just like the positivity and like the attitude and like your videos you put out, I know that you're so sincere about it. And that's just through social media. Yeah. So if I was a contractor looking in, I'd be like, I want them to do my work. But on the flip side, do you see a lot yeah, of them? Um, yeah, go ahead. You're good. Yeah. It's like, the, don't, don't tell me you're the best. Like show me, yeah. don't, you know, show don't, me. don't show me, don't tell me that you're the fastest runner here. Yeah. Show me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're the fastest kid in the class. All right. Prove it. Let's see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. Do you see a lot of contractors? Like if you ask them those questions, like, okay, what do you not like about your current provider? Are you looking for a better price? Are you looking for, you know, more of a quality product? Do you see a lot of them kind of say, I want cheaper? Uh, well, when you ask them outright, no one ever wants to say that because then they sound like a, you know, they sound like a, like a tightwad. Yeah. So they usually don't want to come and say it, but you can just tell by the reaction. You have to over the phone, you know, if they hesitate or they pause or, or they're right off the bat, they're sick of the guy. And like, no, we're willing to pay a little more for better quality for a guy that's accurate. That's not picking up the concrete guys. It's not, you know, busting up all the curbs and you know, ripping up the street. Like that's they're usually there. It's, it's, I, it's always good. Like I've never got like negative feedback. And it's always good to ask one thing they don't like what they what they want to change so that we can make sure we do that. So that if it's some little thing, you know, like they they pile dirt up right to the street and then it rains and a little bit washes over and the city's on me. But like then we won't do that. We'll make sure we keep the piles four or five feet back. So if it does yep. rain, it's not. You know how every neighborhood now it's so tight. There's no room for anything. So like that particular neighborhood, the city was out there. They had a big washout and like washed out into the wetland. You had to take it out. It was a big ordeal. So city drove by like every day and it was right by the city hall too, like a mile. Uh, so they're like right by every day, like no dirt in the street, you know, make sure the cell fence is up at the end of every yep. day. So like, so like that was one thing they brought up is we don't, we want the cell fence has to stay intact. Can't have any dirt on the street. Every single day you got to sweep it up, clean it up and make a mess. Like, yeah, no problem. We can do that. Perfect. No problem. So, Easy expectation to accept. It's a, for sure. Yeah. And it, it's good to know, like, it's good to know what they don't like. And so to make sure that, you know, you can, you cannot, you know, be in that same place and where they want to improve so that you can do that. It's, it, it's, you know, really build their relationship. Do you see a lot of, a lot of loyalty, like a lot of, you know, I call them the good old boys club. Um, Cole yeah. actually gave me that, gave me that term. And I love that term, but like the good old boys club to when they're, when they're older yeah. and they've been working with this company for a while and they're kind of on the fence, but they're loyal to them. Do you see a lot of that? And yeah. is it kind of tough to break through? 
Honestly, I see a ton of that. It's uh, it's really hard to break through, but all you have to do is get your foot in the door. Like all you gotta do is do one job with someone, you know, do really good work, make it easy for them. Like like people like like people want to spend money and they want to, it's everything's about convenience nowadays. If someone has to you know handwrite you a check and bring it to your office, no one yeah. wants to do that. Like you gotta make it so they can pay online, you make it convenient. Like a perfect example is this developer. We did a uh, he had you know he had everything set up. He had a perfect dirt guy, he had a good wall guy. Well, one time his wall guy couldn't. His wall guy couldn't get to a job when he needed it done. So he asked his dirt guy, you know, hey, who should I call to do this wall? I said, oh, I'll call Gina and we'll do your walls. And so we went and did a wall for him. He's like, oh, this looks nice. And it was easy to pay. I didn't, I didn't have to, you know, come out here and walk you through it or anything. Like it was straightforward. So we do another one, another one. And now we do all of his walls. And now the other guy is doing his walls. Like and he's been with that guy for 15 years. And, wow. you know, we're doing a good, good, profitable per square foot price. All it took was just doing one, making it easy for him, convenient. You know, walls are tight, they're straight. You know, tops flat, like, and he's happy with it, and it's a good price. Like, he's like, now, now we do all of them. Now, every wall I had, like, hey, here's the address. Uh, you know, ballpark, how many square feet? Okay, this much. You make it work. Okay, let's do it. Pays right away. You know, great, great connection. How hard is some it? Some of those. Put the door? It, like, it can other be than hard. Like, it's really hard. I, like, what are your what are steps that you guys hard. do? Tricky. Without giving away yeah, so, like all your uh, secrets. Actually, give oh, away your yeah, secrets. I, I I need some. I need oh, some. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> it's uh, dude. It's hard. If a uh, if a builder has had an excavator for twenty years, like it's like trying to split a six foot rock, you know, with a two pound hammer. Like it, it's tough. It is tough. So like, there's some builders that we've been calling on that that we'll send them. We we, we get your email off the website. Adam, sorry, or we do a weekly. Uh, you know, I don't know if you get it. Like our email marketing. It's yep. just a post of like the work we're doing, whatever it's weekly or bi-weekly. Like we'll just take their email and we'll add them to that. And you'll know, some of them unsubscribe, some of them actually like it. So like so they're constantly we're constantly popping up the email or seeing our trucks around. We'll call them, we'll say, you know, we'll try the main thing is them out to lunch. If I can have a just about everyone I've ever had out to lunch, I've done business with at some point after that, like some new newcomer, hey, this is what we do. We so we offer, you know, as many times this week I can take out to lunch. And if you can get someone out to that, that's that's huge. But just to put a face to the name. Um, but LA just being, being persistent, you're constantly popping them from, you call someone once and Hey, this is a service that we offer. If you ever need anything, you know, give us a call. Like you do that once, they're not going to remember you do that every month. They're going to remember. And the second they need something, you're going to be the guy they think of, they're going to call you and then you'll give them a bid and you go to do, you know, do the work. But it is, it is hard. It's tough. It's still, it's not something we've, we've mastered, but like we have about eight, nine builders, like good ones. We've, we've got, we've had a bunch of work for some that we don't work for, like it's, it's, they don't pay, you know, they beat around the bush, unorganized. So we have about eight, nine that are really good. And those have come through, some of them have called us, but mainly we've gone up to them. But it has, a, it has a few that has done a few. It's just gone on our website, full of requests and came a bid and now we do all the work. Fuck yeah, Luke. Right there, bringing back us to our roots. That's how Luke got me started. We did the fill out our websites. Looking back, I'm like, I should have done a lot more than that. But contractors that don't pay, fuck them. And I'll say it on the air. Please listen to it. Fuck you if you don't pay. I don't care. I'm sorry. I hate that shit. I think just for like a number figure on my end right now, I think I'm from the last month, we have like 320 grand out. And these are like 30 days plus on invoices. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to come to your guys' front steps. And I, like you said, make it easy. And I make it so easy. Right. Pay online. 
pay with a credit card. Yeah. Fuck it. I got yeah, Venmo. Exactly. Venmo me or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. I'm just like, fuck. Right. It's, uh, it, it's, tough, it's tough too. It's like, like uh, me and you, we're not, we're not corporate America. We're, this is a small business here. Three or 20 grand, that's a lot. Like, I got a lot of bills to pay. Like, you need that money. It's not like, ah, if I don't get paid, I'll be fine. Like, no, you need that money. Like, no, when it's some 30 days, like, they don't care. Like, you they'll pay that you within out. 29 days. Because if it's the 30th day, I'm sending reminders every five minutes. Yeah. And I, I will be that douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> That's how brilliant it is too. Like morning and night, morning and night, and then we had our day. It's so annoyed, so they finally just pay. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this one guy. We're doing a wall. We, 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 yeah, it was funny. The one time we did a wall, and the guy's like, "You got to keep your check." He's like, "Now tell me to quit sending those reminders." (laughs) And you're like, "No, I will not tell them to quit sending those reminders." (laughs) Oh, I love it. Like, well, you paid. You're good. Yeah, you're good. You want on to the next job that's funny yeah well what we started doing um and it's a lot different on the digital agency side but to get rid of that it's like i don't even let people sign up with us unless we have a credit card on file and we set them up for auto pay and then it's on the first of every month but that goes back to what you're saying garrett of making it easy like i know that i'm eating the three percent fee or whatever it is but i don't even care because they don't have to think about the money they don't have to think about yeah writing a check mailing it all that shit so it's like make it easy, make it simple. Yeah. And yeah, it, honestly, it'll, it'll prove like in, during the long haul, I would just, you, you'll keep people around a lot longer. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it's like a, it's a gas company. The guy put a gas line too high and then lower. He's like, no, we don't, we don't show up with machines. We have a check in hand. I'm like, man, I, that's what we should be. But with some yeah. builders, whatnot, like it's a $50,000 job. Like that's them giving you 50 grand before you start. Yeah. Like that's, it's not, it's really not realistic. It's like, you have to be your cousin to do that. Like no one's, no one's going to do that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, everyone's in the same boat. That's kind of like new construction. That's kind of the way it is. I mean, like you gotta be willing to have some money out there and, you know, maybe even use line of credit if you have to, in order to do new construction. I and mean, that's just the reality of it until, you know, especially starting out, like when I'm starting out, I, like I don't have, you know, 40 years of backlog of all this capital saved up that I can float, you know, 500,000 for easily. Like, no, that's, that's not, I'm only been in business five years. Like, correct. Correct. It's, it's not, I mean, let's be realistic. Like that's not how it is. Yeah. So Garrett talking about cooperation instead of competition, what does that mean to yeah. you? Because I know that Luke and I talked about that since day one, but what does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, and how do you live by it? No, like we were at lunch the other day uh, with like, a big dirt guy in town. They have a hundred employees to do a lot of big excavating. It's a great connection for us because they have boulders all the time to get rid of. They're, they have you know, a ton of general contractors that need walls. So to call them out of the blue, hey, you know, they know who we are because we see them around all the time. Like, hey, you want to get lunch? Like, yeah, sure. And they're like, so who's your biggest competition? And I'm like, we are. Like every time we don't, it's pretty, you know, it doesn't have to be tried to avoid it, but every time we don't call someone back or like, you know, not being able to get this job right away. It's like, like yeah, we, we definitely cooperate 100% don't compete. It's um like I feel like if you're like competing, if you think like everyone's out to get you, like you're wrong because no one is, no one really cares what you're doing that much. Yeah. Like it's it, it, if you guys worry so much about what other people are doing. And what I've learned with that is like, oh, I've seen this guy, he did so and so and so. It's like I don't even know that guy. He lives 40 states away. For all I know, you know, his grandpa just gave money and he's buying all the stuff and he's doing this. Like, like you don't know why he's doing that, or he has some, you know, his one-off job. Like, like if you compare, if you get to compare, like it's just it doesn't work out. Like do what's right for you, you know, like, like, and, you know, like what, you know, to stay on track to your goals. And it's not like, you know, I'm not in a racing to anyone else, like to have a biggest company or the, you know, like got to have like, you know, the most trucks and like, no, that's, that's irrelevant. That's not how you make a good sustainable company. 
Yeah, I heard this. I heard this quote um, at one of my coaching conferences, and it was, uh, "Comparison is the thief of joy." So if you start comparing yourself to others, 100%. whether you know whether it's like the good stuff or when they do something bad, if that gives you, you know, that satisfaction, it's like that is just like a thief of your joy, and you you shouldn't care about what other people are doing. And so that's what I love about what you do is you're like, hey like we don't have competition and honestly like a lot of people don't believe that and but i know i do luke does you do and it's just like the more people we work with the more you realize like oh we're all the same and we can help each other out in this world and yeah if they they can't make a job like you're probably gonna be the next one they call and that can help your business um long term all it is is shoot yourself in the foot looking at oh this guy did that so i need to do that you you don't even have the same customer base like you know he has 100 employees you have 10 like no like you're not not competition you you don't do the same things yeah yeah and i think i'm not gonna do something just because that guy did just for solely that reason like no right and i think really what it is too is it's like the bigger picture and i i love how you see the bigger picture as far as like you you could even call it marketing but um, instead of just dollars and cents coming in and going out each month, it's like, mm-hmm. I know you guys have your adopt a highway, which I think is awesome. Yeah. You're in, um, the home mag, you know, you're, you're in all these parades too. Like you're sponsoring all this yeah. stuff. I'm like, man, that's <laughs> yeah. what it's about. Like, it's, it's not about like, team. yeah, it's not about like counting your nickels and dimes and saying like, how many impressions did we get by sponsoring this parade in the local town? It's like, no, it's, it's the big picture. It's, um, your community. Yeah perceives you a different way the people you know other businesses and so i mean hats off to you but i think that is my number one way to grow a business is to just be genuine and dive into Mm -hmm. even things outside of your actual service like the community you know being involved with the church different things like that so i know you guys are are big into that and you know give back quite a bit as well yeah, they, like the parades, it's huge. It's uh, even even it's a ton of good advertising. All of our guys love it. We all get together, and we're not doing any work today. We're all hanging out at the shop. You know, we're all we're all talking about work, what we did this week, what we're doing next. Like, but no one's no one's doing actual work. Like, we're we're shining the trucks. Like, we're just goofing off. You know, we're having fun. Like, all the guys love it, and it's huge. Like, because it's all local people. No one drives two hours to go to a parade. Everyone at the parade, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of parents. It's a lot of, like we get a lot of residential work from it. But like it's thirty bucks to be in it. It costs more to you know clean equipment and and pull it off a job, drive and, it through, you know, fuel it up, and drive yeah. it through. Then it does the like, enter. But like they're great. Like people bring it up all the time. There's there's never any other landscapers in it or like excavated guys. Like hardly ever. Like so like, it's one of those things. Like it's a no brainer. It's, it's a good time. It's well worth yeah. it. Yeah, you know what it's doing as well is it's building that good culture. Like you said, all your you know your whole team is there. They're washing up you know the rigs and they're getting together. They're talking about work, but that's what they like to talk about. But it just it's, it's, you know, doing those things outside of work that, you know, can really bring people together. And I mean, it makes it a no brainer to go work for you or to go work for Luke and just, you know, you want to work with good people around you. 100%. Like on Monday, everyone's, everyone, you know, instead of them just all being, you know, do whatever on the weekends, like they always do, like talking about the parade and they're, you know, oh, now they know so-and-so a little better more because they actually talk to them a little bit, you know, not just, you know, in a hurry on a job or whatever. Like it's, it's huge. Luke, thank you for bringing up culture. That actually, Garrett, how do you maintain such a good culture in your company? I feel like whenever you're posting on your story, you have the best attitude. Your guys have the best attitude. How how do you make that space? How do you how do you set that standard for your guys? Like, what do you, what do you incentivize yeah. them with? Like, what secrets again? Spill them. Let's go. Yeah. 
that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good question. So like nowadays, like like I was talking to uh, Case, then you know they're trying to get the bike equipment. They're giving us all this free stuff and giving us all these free demos. And I'll tell them, like, I was like, I was like, find a machine is even getting a, getting a good guy to run it is the hard part. Like I don't care about anyone's equipment. It's like, and if you want to grow grow a company, show me your people. Like how many good people do you have? You know, you know how dedicated are they? You know, like how how much do they actually like working with you? Like, like, so like people has always been a huge priority for us. Like it's way more priority than equipment. It was building on me and anything else. Like without the people, it's nothing. You know, like why well, have five semi trucks if you don't need drivers, they're worthless. Like I don't need five. I can, I can only drive one at a time. Correct. Like, so people, it's always been, it's a huge priority. And so this is, I'd say like, is a couple of, couple of things that with our culture is obviously we do some stuff with our guys. With employees, you don't like you don't want to be too involved. Like, you don't want to be their best friend to where you know then like it's you, if you get too like if they're your best friend, that can get to be a little you kind of muddy the water. But, like, we'll we'll go to a parade. Like, we'll take them a top golf this year. We'll go like this Friday we're all going golfing. That's the first time. Like, we'll do a couple outing. You know, every month or two we'll do something just to build a team. And so I would say with with have a good culture, you have to have standards and and they have to be non-negotiable. Like like we don't complain. Like no one complains. Like. If, you, if there's a problem, you don't complain about it. Like, we don't, we don't, you know, come up with excuses. We come up with solutions. And that, 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 that's how we are. Like, someone's complaining. It's like, okay, here's a problem. Okay, what are we going to do to fix it? Okay, you know, the, your truck seat's uncomfortable. You're not going to complain about it. We're going to, you know, get, we'll get you a new one. Or you're going to sit off pillow, like, whatever it takes. Like, it, it's kind of setting the standards of what we do and what we don't and sticking to it, like, no matter what. And it becomes a new normal. So a new guy comes in, he's complaining all the time. Like, we don't go for complaining. Like, but complaining is stupid. There's a problem, come up with a solution. Don't complain about it. So new guys complain all the time. You tell them, no, that, that's not how it rolls around here. You got a problem, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll come up with a solution and, and we'll move on. And then he'll either get it or he won't. How do you instill that? Like, I obviously, from like years per- perspective, yeah. I Like you said, I no complaints, whatever. But how do you how do you show that with your guys and basically say, we don't complain here. If there's something wrong, let yeah. me know and then we'll fix it. Like, is like, what do you do? It has to be, it has to be all the time because like, people are people. A lot of people get away with as much as they can. They'll push it, they'll kind of push the limits, they'll clock yeah. out 10 minutes after they leave the shop, this and that. Like, you got to be, you have to, you have to be able to put your foot down because there's a lot of people that like that will take, take, take as much as they can get. So, like, especially when you have a lot of stuff around, like, you have, you know, like guys want to use a truck all weekend and, they, and then, like, okay, we say, yeah, you can use a truck, but you got to fuel it up and wash it. And they don't fuel it up. Like, you got to make sure they fuel it up. And then, yep. you know, just show them, basically, like I said, set the standard and you have to hold them to it. Like we don't complain. Like he doesn't get away with twenty minutes of just whining, complaining, and griping about a problem. Like, dude, you didn't solve anything. Like you, you know how it is. Like you, you gotta like, hey, what's the problem? Okay, here, okay, here's the solution. Here's what we're gonna do. And it, and it's all the time. It's not only Monday to Wednesday. You know, we're we're withholding this. It's all all day, every day. It's just setting the standards and and not, like certain certain things are non-negotiable. And then this is what happens: people they come into your company, they either get it or they don't. So how do you know when they figure don't? It out? week later or a month later two months later they're still complaining yeah they just don't they just don't <laughs> adapt on basically they kind of they kind of yeah. help themselves or, yeah yeah or, or it's not what they want like they want to complain every day well, that's perfect then go work for the other 500 companies that are within 50 miles like yeah i don't care like that, that's not what we're going to do here because that's what you want and that's how you want to be we're not going to do that that's that's not a way to win that's that's nothing but you know a downhill slope fucking keyword right there win Love yeah, that word. And, and I tell you what, Garrett, it, I, and I think it starts kind of from the top as well and within your team, but it's, just, it's like the attitude that you portray, because if you're not, if you just say it, it's not going to happen. You know, you also have to live it. So, and I think 
what that, Luke's that's getting what I mean. at. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, what Luke's yeah. getting at too is like, I've never even met you in person, but I already love you. I'm like, dude, this guy is electric. He's always yeah, just see like, Luke rise up and he's oh, like, hell yeah. He's like, we don't make excuses. We create solutions. I was like, all right, somebody just cranked the AC in here. But it, uh, <laughs> Well, you don't have AC, Luke. It went off. Yeah, but, I'm putting that on the wall. But no, it, seriously, though, it, um, it, it does start from the top because you need those leaders that aren't going to be a boss, but that are going to lead. And it's, it's cool to see that, you know, you and your sister have, from what I've seen, gotten along so well. And I guess let's dive into that a little bit. How has that been um, having a business partner that is family? Yeah. It's it's awesome because, so it works really good because, because we're the opposite. Like she doesn't know anything about equipment, has no idea about anything on the job, you know, barely. She knows that we need four, you know, four loads of boulders and six rolls of fabric. That's all she knows. But so she's, it, it works out perfect because I've always been, I've always been an extrovert. I could talk to anyone, anywhere, anytime. She's the opposite. She's way rather sit behind a computer and send an email than talk to you guys in person. So she's always been that way, but she's, she's just like me where she's, we, like, we've, we've always, we've always been on the same track of kind of what we want, where we want to go. She'll get it done no matter what, if it's 2 a.m., 2 p.m., you know, if it's, if it's billing, if it's setting up jobs for the guys, now she's kind of the day to day, but like she does whatever it takes to get the job done. And, and since she's really good at everything in the back end, like she already says, you know, Hey, you know, you're the front of the house. You gotta, you gotta shave. Like your are tight staff's getting a little long. <laughs> We're on the front and she's the, the back. Maverick so, like, staff. It works out so, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, uh, it works out. It works out good. Cause she's, cause like, she's good at everything I'm not and vice versa. So it works. It happens to work out perfectly that way. Where if we were, if we were the same, you know, if she was, where she was a guy, you know, say it was, say it was a guy and, and we both operated equipment and we, none, neither of us like paperwork and like, I don't like sending emails. I, I respond to like one out of 50 emails I get. She's the opposite. She responds <laughs> to every email, looks at everything, can crank them out like no tomorrow. So like she, you know what I mean? Like, so it's because like, like it, we have, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm a good front. She's a good back. So it works out. Do you send all of your emails to her and say, please respond, please respond, Marlene, please respond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so me every day. I'm like, hey, can you respond to this guy? Or, or like, I, or I'll, that, I'll I love that. That's great. <laughs> or if I'm, I'm really busy, I'll be like, I'll send a voice like, hey, I'll, I just forwarded you so and so email. Say, uh, I don't have time to type it up. Thanks, bye. Uh, even though you definitely had enough time to type it up in that, uh, that's great. I love that. That's yeah. fucking yeah. fun. Uh, so, no, I'll do that from really busy. Sometimes I catch on. She's like, no. She's like, do it when you're done with whatever. I'm like, oh, God. At least she keeps you accountable. That's good. Yeah. 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 Oh, she does. And, and we, like, we, we both do like, we're like, we, it, I mean, it, it's worked out really good and we would never be where we are without her, yeah. you know, like we, without that backside, just me on Instagram, you know, do what I do. Like we'd never be where we are. Like the back end is just as organized, if not more than it is, you know, the front and what you see, like it's, it's her billing. Like I'm barely rolling off the job and boom, she sent the invoice. And then the next day is like, Hey, why aren't you paid yet? Yeah. And like, it's like, so like we always, She's we always get paid, if, you know, yeah, like everything. She's every like that. If we do job tracking, as soon as we're done with the job, she's categorizing all the expense that we had to that job. Oh, and this one was 20, 23% profit. Oh, that one was good. That was 40. You know, here we got adjust this. Like she's she's on the ball from start to finish. I gotta ask this question because I yeah, Luke, sorry. How does how does she track that? Like do, what softwares do you guys use in order for like your guys yeah. to give like, okay, I have I hauled in, you know, 150 yards of material. Here's the material I used you know, for the operators. Okay. I was in the machine. Yeah. This, like, what do you guys, what do you guys do to combat those? That's, that's a good question. It, it's really hard. Uh, when you have 25, 30 guys driving around, this guy's hauling boulders, that guy's hauling dirt, that guy's hauling a piece of equipment. This guy just bought this from there. That guy bought that from there. This guy borrowed that from his neighbor. 
like yeah, there's a lot to keep up with. So uh, we use Jobber, sleep with QuickBooks uh, mainly. And then, uh, so what we do, like say we have a job, it's a hundred tons of boulders and, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, fabric and whatever else we're, you know, grading, doing sod or whatever. So every, so every single, every single thing that we have at the shop that we spy in bulk, every time the guy, we have like a main number, we have like an internal cell, cell phone number. So the guys, they grab three rolls of fabric, they type in three rolls of fabric, eight ounce for, you know, Chad J, the PO, whatever job name they're on. And then she has, you know, that, that expense that costs us and then categorize that to the job and then anything we buy. So we have, you know, six grand in gravel delivered to the job from the inquiry when she'll categorize that to it. So every single thing the guys use or like any, any material they bring to the job or they grab from the shop or it's delivered. That's how we track that. And then we track all the time through Jobber. So when they get their, their, their clocking overall, and then when they get to the job, you know, there's three days there. Well, then we take all their time. And that's the job and then our overhead. So our, our overhead per crew is about 1400 bucks a day. So for their three days, that's what 28, 38, 4,200. So that, that three days there, that's 4,200 in overhead. That's basically all the equipment, her in the office, you know, the sales, all the stuff you see on Instagram, you know, the parade, yeah. billboard, whatever, like our, all our overhead is in, is in that. So that, so that's, so it categorizes all that stuff. It's kind of, it's a little bit of a rabbit hole, but there's the way we do, we track every single penny that we spend doing the job uh, to the job, like to, we expense it to the job. And, and, and just a little side note, like the only way to bid a job efficiently is if you know exactly what it's going to cost to you from start to finish, like everything in tail. That's the only way you know how to bid. Otherwise, how do you know what you're taking a guess? Like someone, someone will send me, you know, hey, here's this job, you know, how much should I bid this for? It's like, well, how much is your excavator? How much is your fuel? How much labor are you paying? How long is it going to take you? Like, you're asking the wrong question. Yeah. How do you find your true cost? How long did it take you to find like your true cost on everything? It took about a year. The first year in business, we had 260,000, got to the end of the year and we had no money. <laughs> we were broke. We had to have a dime. <laughs> like where'd all our money go? And we're like, yeah, this, this ain't sustainable. It was like, it was like, it was me. It was me and my brother. And I think one other guy. So three guys you know, in the field, basically one crew with 260,000. I was only like 18. Uh, and so then we figured out, okay, you know, where'd all the money go? And we figured, oh, well, when you have one truck, not, not a big deal, but you should still should know. When you have three, four, five, 20 trucks, 25 trucks, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of expense. You, so that, that's, that's how you, you got to figure out. There's a million ways to do it, but say you have a piece of equipment for five years, you're going to buy it new and the payment's thousand bucks a month. Well, you're only going to use it in Minnesota here, seven months a year, say. Well, now you got to figure out how much it's going to cost you in seven months. And then you know, work at 20 days a month, say. So say it's thousand bucks a month divided by 20 working days, you know, whatever, whatever that is to, you know, so this it's say it's hundred bucks a day, my, my cost yep. plus is going to be, you know, 150 bucks a day in fuel. So it's going to cost me 250 a day. So if I have it on this job, you know, three days, that's machine alone would cost me 750 bucks. So I have to charge that back to the customer. And then, you know, my truck, I'm going to have that there three days. Okay. That's another 400, whatever you drive a new truck, you drive an old truck, like what's your payment? Um, so uh, we, we spent a lot of time and a lot of effort breaking all that down. It's like we have every, every single piece of equipment we have basically going to cost us this much a year. And we're, and it's like our trucks, like those are spread through all of our jobs. Basically all of our jobs pay for those because they're on every job. So like our five, you know, semi trucks are say it's say they're a thousand bucks a piece a month for easy math. Um, it, you know, if that's five grand a month and around all of our jobs and we're on 20, you know, working 20 days a month, well then that five grand has to be divided by the 20 days, uh, you know, so that's what 400 bucks, yep. whatever that math would be for something uh, per day that all our trucks cost to each job, to each individual job. 
and now how many jobs you're on. You're only on three jobs, then your overhead per job be a lot higher. If you're on, if you can have an equipment, you're on five or six jobs, then you spread that, you know, spread it not not too thin, but as thin as you can, then it gets yep. cheaper. So like there, it's a lot to it, but there's uh, I should make a, I should make a video just on that. But when we figured you that want, out, please we, do. We never made a dime. Please do. Until we figured that out. There's yeah. a, I, I learned this from the dirt from the dirt monkey. I don't. I just from chat with them and and we kind of as we went through it. But like we never made a dime until we had our overhead down to a team. Yeah. I because, would. Uh, the overhead. Our, our overhead is roughly 20 percent, 20 25 percent of our overall revenue. Like what we'll do. Uh, so like what everything costs, like everything unrelated, like not a direct cost, not a material to the job, your truck, your, you know, Holly in the office that sends an email to set up locates to manage the whole job from the background. Like that's kind of that, that however many, she's managing five jobs, those five jobs need to pay for her salary. Yep. So like it's, it's, uh, it's gotta be done, right? Otherwise, like, otherwise cause say if, it, if it's 25%, well, you, you didn't count for your overhead and you put 30% profit. You didn't make any money. You broke even because your overhead ate up every bit of profit that you weren't charging for accordingly to the job. You know what I mean? That's why you didn't make any money if you don't have it down pat or you never make as much as you would like or think you will. Yep. Fine. And that, that comes back to uh, that comes back to like following up with it too, because you can't just have your overhead and say, okay, you know, $1,400 a day for overhead for that job. Okay. Now you went and did the job. How did the job actually go? Did it take twice as long? Did, did you get done quicker? That's why you have to categorize to know that, okay, this one we're shooting for 40%. This one was 30, that one's 50. That's when we lost four grand on, you know, why figure that out. And then once you have a good backlog of time, how much, how long does it take for two guys to dig, you know, a 4,000 foot, 4,000 square foot slab on grade and backfill that's two and hook up. That's three days. Okay. Well, you know, you have, this one took two and a half. This one took three. Okay. So it's an average of three days. So we know we had three days of overhead on a, a 4,000 foot, you know, slab on grade dig and backfill hookup. Like, so that's why all that has to be tracked. So you get a good backlog. So you, you, instead of just guessing at what the job's going to be, you basically know after you've been doing it for a little bit. I love that. Love that. Dude, and another thing too that I think is so important, and you've talked about this, um, I think in a couple of videos before, but not forgetting to budget um, for profit. Like some people forget they, they get all their costs in, their labor, overhead, everything. And then right. they forget that, okay, we still need to grow. We need a surplus of resources. We need to, yeah. you know, grow this thing. So um, how important is that? I mean, I feel like that's a lost art of people, you know, they, they get so close and then they end up just breaking even on a, a lot of jobs. Right. And, and contracting, it's easy to do. It's so easy to do because one thing goes wrong. Another yeah. thing is you have to have a really, really clear contract. Like this job, the boys are just doing like, it's a bit, you know, it's 50 grand. We're taking up some old walls, putting new. Now, now the guy, you know, needs a gas line dug in. Oh, your excavator's here. You can gas line. Yeah, we can do that. It's only too deep. It's only going to take an hour. But then they're over here. Oh, I just a little spot of concrete in my yard. You know, can you bust this out? It's like, yeah, we can. We can rip it out the exterior, throw it in the truck, haul it away. That's another hour or two. Like, so ha having a really clear contract, you want a $50,000 job, your profit can be dwindled away by just helping the guy out. And on the weekend, you know, mind if I use a skid for an hour or two just to kind of grade my side yard over here where you guys aren't going to do anything? It's like, hey, dude, this is getting expensive. Like, <laughs> that's where your change orders come into play. But yeah. it's, it's having, so what we've done, is like, it's, like, it's like having a really clear scope. I always tell a customer, they're like, hey, is there anything we can do about this price? It's like, the only way I can get the price down is if the scope, you know, gets smaller too. So like, yeah. there's just no like, we know our numbers. If I know the job and cost me 50 grand, I'm going to bid it, you know, for 65, 70. And they say, mm -hmm. hey, can you do this for 58? It's like, no, not yeah. the same job, 58. No way. Like, I'm, it's yeah. too tight. Yeah. So yeah. if bring your work scope down and then we can. 
hundred percent. Yeah. If your budget's only 50, that's totally fine. Here's everything we can do for 50. Here's a fair price. And then you'll say, okay, yeah, we can do that a little bit later, whatever. Yep. But it's having a real, if you do residential work, cause a lot of homeowners and builders do this too, but like they'll have you out for this and you end up doing, you have you out for X, you end up doing X, Y, Z, you gotta make money. So it's having like clear, very clear contract. So the second they ask you, Hey, can you do this? Like, here's the proposal. This wasn't in it. Cause you know, they always think a lot more than the proposal and what really is. Oh yeah. Even though you have both, even though you both have the same copy, you have to clear the standard ground because people definitely, but definitely use and abuse you if you let them. So uh, it's having a clear contract, having a very, very, uh, you know, you have your cross your teeth, dot your eyes, and don't do anything that's not in the scope. Because uh, I mean, they're like they, most guys, like they don't care that you. They might think you're you're buddy buddy, and they're just trying to get something free idea. Like you can only do that so much until you're broke. Yeah. Luke, it, uh, we don't need to mention any names here, but it sounds yeah, exactly sounds like very familiar. a little bit of a situation we had. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's easy to do. Like, oh, this guy's so nice. He's genuine, he, whatever. Next thing you know, you're doing 30 grand of work for 15. Sounds about and, right. And you like you said, Luke, we won't name names, but you know who you are <laughs> listening he, to this podcast. Yeah, he, he's listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah. And, and it's like, well, here's the thing. It's like, okay, if it's my aunt. I'll go do like I'll go do a job for for free. I don't care. But if it's some random guy, I don't know. Like, dude, I don't owe you anything. I don't owe you, you know, ten grand for this or that. Like, I'm not gonna do ten grand at work for free. Uh, I don't, you, you're you're a guy off the internet. Like, I don't I don't owe you anything. You know, you know what I mean? I, I don't owe you anything. You don't owe me anything. It's just like let's remember and do what we agreed to here, and that's it. It's knowing your worth, really. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I love Garrett, that. One thing I've been doing um, on my side of things, because I kind of ran into the same thing, it's totally different situations, but I've just been telling some of the contractors we work with, like, hey, this is my cost, like to build a website. And because we try and make, you know, X amount percent per website, yeah. then it like makes more sense. And it's like, it's, it's really just like, we don't negotiate our value or our number, or I should say, we don't negotiate our prices, but which um, try and get them to understand the value that we bring. And if it's totally 100%. okay, you know, if they don't see it, but it kind of is what it is. And that's totally what I'm fine. hearing from you. Like with the numbers, it's like, this is what we need to make to pay our people. This is what we need to make, you know, for the profit. So this is the amount. And it's when it's a little bit more matter of fact, like that, it becomes so much easier. And it's, right. it's almost a breeze of, I, ha I have some people that try to negotiate. I'm like, no, you know, I don't mean this the wrong way, but like, we're just this, these are our prices. And if you don't want to do it, I'm not going to lose any sleep, but this is what it is. Yeah. That was funny. There's a guy, we were building a bunch of bowling walls and he's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, can you just go like another eight feet here? But like not charge me anymore. Do for free. He's straight up. I'm like, I'm like those boulders weren't free. That's good. Ain't free. This guy, we'll get right free. on the diesel fuel ain't free. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, how can I do it for free? No, that's no, that's free. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Yeah, I, I get it. I guess. Okay. We're good. And you're just like, why the hell would you even ask that fucking question? Yeah, exactly. Right? You're like, God. Exactly. You yeah, give an inch, they exactly. take a mile. I swear to God. That is such a true statement. Yeah. Garrett, so many people um, do that. They'll, they'll push you a little bit if you let them. So no, they will. So Garrett, I just popped in my head here, but um, do you remember, like, what was your first ever project? Like, do you remember what it was in 2017? Yeah, I remember like it was yesterday because I thought I was going to be rich and I was falling. <laughs> <laughs> it was like okay it was just, just it, it was a total disaster of course yeah i bet it like two grand i had no idea what i was doing it was two it was two grand i don't think i even priced out any of the material accurately i just kind of guessed ah that block it'll be that much it was a little block wall with like a little plate from patio i bet two grand i was thinking a day or two 
ended up taking me a week and the material alone was two grand. <laughs> so I didn't, it didn't make it, it was a disaster. But I, it was, uh, like, I got it done. The job was perfect. And we went to the job for actually the same customer like a month ago. So I, I went back with that. It's still looking good. You know, there was a little block wall, like a little block wall. You know, it was like, nothing. There you it was go, like man. 20 block and like five stepping stones. I love but, it. Uh, but like five years later, they still called us up. Like, hey, Garrett, you know, you still around? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And we went and like, we landscaped. It was a job we didn't normally do. I'm like, for you guys, we'll do it. No problem. Like, we landscaped around the front of their house, whatever. That's but uh, it was, it it was good. But then like, like they literally referred me to my second job. It's a little lady at yeah. a patio. And so like, I went and gave her a bid, you know, made some money on that one. Good. Dude. Yeah. It, but, it makes it a little easier when you make some money. It does. It does. Well, I mean, long-term it's the only way to just, it's the only way it's sustainable. If we're not making money in five years, you know, we're not going to yeah. be around. Absolutely. Garrett, when did you know, and I know Luke, I know we're getting close to time. I have like a million questions. So Garrett, if you see me in your inbox later, don't be scared. Sorry. I got a bunch of questions. <laughs> um, so from what was it? 20, was it 2019 to 2020? When did you hit your 3 million mark? Was that 2020 or was that 2021? 21. Yeah. 21. Yeah. How, what the, like, when that happened, where, what were you like? All right, we got this shit going on. Like, I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that to where, mm-hmm. you know, how did you know what you were doing was the right thing you needed to do? Like, how did you know the systems I have mm-hmm. in place, the things that we're doing right now are good? And then, you know, a side note to that question, how did you know, okay, I can start affording this equipment, trying to go after this market and this market or, you know, different markets? Yeah, so um, that's a good question. Uh, well, I mean, kind of, you know, like for us, you know, trial and error, we tried a lot of things that don't work. We've tried software. Like we, we tried a lot of things that cost a lot of money that we were like, hey, that's not going to work. That's, you know, like tracking vehicle track. We were still trying to find something good that we can track all of We have too much equipment for one guy to keep up with, you know, by calling the guy that's running it and asking how many hours on it. No, that's yeah. not going not gonna to happen. You know, so we have, you know, 40 pieces of equipment to keep up with service on. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to have that all on the computer. We can look and you're getting, a, you're getting a notification saying, Hey, this service is doing 12 hours. So, you know, on the, on the equipment. So he knows yeah. that week he's got to get it done. Um, so like we spent, it's it just try, trial and error, check, checking with the other guys in the industry. Um, I mean, just knowing like what works and doesn't, I mean, when are you making money, when are you not like, where are you doing good? Where are you not? And the only way to really know that is, is by, by tracking it close on you bid a job for 20 grand okay how much did it cost you thought it was gonna cost 15 how much did it actually cost when the job's done and doing that on every single job so to where you can like really not make it not even make like guess like even more than an educated guess on the next job you know what it's going to cost you it's i don't know well you, you know how it is like some things like it's it worked out worked really good that didn't never do that again do more of this like yeah, do more of this yeah it's it's different for everyone of what what works for you and what doesn't everyone's cost you know, what, what might work for me might not work for you but yeah totally totally like i don't know yeah. i don't know what you paid for your truck or your excavator or how much your insurance is yeah. have you gotten four accidents and your insurance is through the roof like i don't know yeah yeah it, like you said everyone's so fucking different why it is like you gotta do your numbers why do you buy new i feel like you buy a lot of newer stuff <clears throat> yeah so uh well like dump trucks i'll tell you a little dump truck story i, I uh, was gonna ask you about that dump truck. <laughs> It's hilarious. It's, 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 so I'm, I'm 18 years old. I'm, I don't have any money. I still don't have any money. I still don't have any money today. Uh, so like, I'm going to buy cash. I'm gonna, like, when we started, we couldn't get a loan. I was 17, right? It was funny. We didn't have any credit. We didn't have any money and no credit. No one's going to borrow you a dime. So no one borrows a dime. So we had to rent. 
finally, after like a year, I like, I think I had, pay, I had like four grand. And at the time, it was a lot of money because cash. And I'm not going to finance a $4,000 dump truck. Going like so this. I, I found this truck on, yeah, I found this truck on Craigslist. It's an all international. It's like a 1985. And I, I just fell in love with the thing. It was white, of course. had like a black box. I went and bought it from this guy. I talked to him forever, like three hours. Next thing you know, it's dark. So I'm driving at home. It's all international. The thing's falling apart at the seats. I'm, I'm looking down at the road right through the floorboard <laughs> as I'm driving. <laughs> You're like, man, I really like this thing. This is very cool. affordable and great. <laughs> this thing's nice. And then, and then the hole in the cab, the heat, the heat, uh, heat up the motors coming in the cab. No, I see, of course, I'm just sweating bullets in the middle of summer. I make it halfway home and the brakes are smoking so bad. The cab's full of smoke. The, the thing's just rolling. The there's brakes are seized up. Like things just roll in smoke. Finally get it home. It's like 11 o'clock. I'm so stoked. I'm vacuuming it out. I'm like wiping it down. I'm like ready for the next day. It's 11 o'clock on Friday night and 7 a.m. on Saturday. I'm out hauling boulders. And uh, this guy, of course, I negotiated the guy with this with, with the guy that had some boulders from a pit. He lived right on railroad tracks, but it wasn't like on like a main intersection. It was just like a, like a little crossroad on railroad tracks out in the middle of nowhere. I'm getting their boulders, you know, 7 a.m. to bring to this job so I can have them there on Monday. And so the road goes right parallel, like the train tracks, train tracks are here and the road goes parallel. So I was driving along going like parallel with the tracks. So of course I'm looking at it in front of me, there's no train because there's no arms or nothing. So I'm in this truck, it's so loud, you can't hear nothing. The muffler is falling off, it's leaking out of the head, you can't hear nothing. So I turn right in the track and I never looked right, it's two sets of tracks. And as I was crossing, I was on the one set of tracks and all of a sudden just a massive train horn. <laughs> My heart literally just stopped. I just slammed on the brake because I was on the set of track that I never even looked the other way. And also, it was on, it happened to be on the other set that I wasn't on. It was literally a foot from my grill. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like that. that that's, that's the most that's the most near death experience I've ever had in my life. My, my heart literally stopped. I just slammed on the brakes. So I was a manual. So of course the truck died. Into the yeah. It was literally a foot from the grill. Dude, I bet you had to like freaking kickstart your heart back. You're just like, come on, baby, keep pumping. Jeez. Dude, my heart literally stopped. My heart literally stopped. Like, you got that's a, that's the most beautiful experience I've ever had. Because it would have been on the track, but I was not, I would have been dead. I was literally on this first set of track, and it was on the second. I kid you not. That thing was literally on my grill. Oh my God. Uh, and then and that's why I just slammed. I just slammed on the brakes, so of course there's big skid marks. So then later that day, the guy was gonna rock from the carrot. Uh, you see those skids out there? Like what happened there? I'm like, ah, I don't know, big deal. Don't worry about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no problem. Oh but man, was, uh, I'll tell you what, from that story, it just dump confirms truck. that dump trucks are trouble. I don't care what anybody says, dump trucks are so fucking are. trouble. You need yeah, them. And they're expensive. And then yeah, so so we've got three, four old junk ones, constantly fix them up, constantly losing money. Like, so sick of it. The last one we had 20 grand into it and sold it for 2,500 bucks because the whole thing was falling apart. Yeah, I got was like dumping a big, big load of dirt and the box really folded over the lift. The front of the box just fell right on the frame right above the oh. lift. <laughs> like, no, I'm done. So, get these out of my sight. Yeah, it's like we'll try some newer ones, obviously, big payments, but uh, but if you don't want any repair bills and use all day every day, it's worth it. Uh, yeah. when you uh, said something about buying equipment. Like it's absolutely the worst if a guy's like, oh, well, I have to work for this. You know, like, like uh, sure, I'll buy another X-Fit. I'll buy another dump truck. What we do is we don't just go buy a piece of equipment and hope for the best. Like that's like, whether like hoping for the best isn't like a, there's a saying, like hoping for the best isn't, you know, a, a, a plan to success or something yeah. like that. Like you gotta do more than hope for the best. Um, what we do is, so we'll break down, say we're gonna buy a dump truck. It's the last one we buy is 215,000, $200,000 say. Well, okay, how, how much can that make in a day? And how many days a year are you going to use it? You know, like, okay, this payment is, you know, 
two, two, say, you know, three grand. Insurance is 500. This truck alone is going to cost 3,500 a month. And it's going to go, you know, through 60 gallons of fuel in a day. Okay. So you figure out what's it costing a day. Okay. This truck's going to cost me $700 a day. And, you know, I can have it a while. And plus, there's going to be some repairs. There's going to be tires. You got to plan for maintenance. So, you know, say it's going to cost me, you know, $700, $800 a day, depending on the truck you have. Maybe it's 600, maybe it's 400, depending on what it is. And then your drivers. So, like, we break it down. You have an excavator. Okay. How much money can I make in a day with a 225 excavator? You know, I can make six grand easy. Okay. Well, I can, you know, I can afford it. So that by breaking it down of how long you're going to have it and then how much it costs, your per day cost. And then if you have the work, main thing is if you have the work for it to keep it busy. You know what I mean? Because like I always say equipment and new nice stuff is easy to afford if you have good profitable work for it. If you don't, then like, it's tough. Yeah. You know I, mean? I just had to, I just had to jot that down. Sorry. I didn't mean to stray away from the conversation. I was like, this is way too good. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, just to figure out figure out what's going to cost you per day. It's just like been the job, you know. How how much is going to cost you today, and how much you know how much are you going to make? You know what I yep. mean? Like do 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 some some basic math, figure it out instead of buying it and hoping for the best. Or because it looks cool on Instagram, like no, don't do anything because it looks cool on Instagram. Because in the long run, it's not going to work out. I've said it once, and I'll say it before: Instagram is only a big dick swinging contest. It is. It is, but it is really fun. I'm not going to lie. There. Yeah. It is, but I mean, there, there's some good on it, like Instagram, Facebook. I probably do something with Facebook that no one else on earth does. <laughs> but all in general, just by social media in general, I don't use it to see what you know. I like, I rarely use it. I don't go on Instagram and scroll. I might look at a couple things, I'll, I'll yep. make a story, I'll answer DMs, and I'm off and I'm out. With, with Facebook, Facebook is a lot of local people who sit there. You know, I'm, I'm on the pot, I got a couple minutes here. I'm rare, I'm ever not doing something but if i ever am on facebook and make a post or whatever i'll see what i'll do is i'll sit there you know all these recommended friends that you have it's mutual friends people in your area i'll have, i'll just sit there and add friend add friend add friend add friend add friend i'll sit there like all my friends a lot of them on facebook is ones i've just randomly added and then i post i, I say what we're doing hey we got rocks so hey we're doing we're doing this doing that okay. and then people you keep popping up in front of people and next thing you know this guy's asked for a job this guy needs a job done you know this guy has boulders he's willing to sell so like being proactive again going out like basically create on facebook you can create your audience you friend 100 people 50 60 of them are going to friend you back and then all your posts are going to pop up in front of them where they wouldn't otherwise so if you've gotten jobs you've gotten good employees you know we've sold equipment so all just through facebook just from me you know deliberately growing the audience on there it's crazy that. but like it, it, it makes a big difference that's super cool where, cause I, like yeah. instagram yeah because like with my facebook like my Facebook, everyone, everyone I add is a lot of it's all around here. It's all people that I run into at the gas station or I see around and whatnot. And they start seeing your posts. They start seeing you around else and they recognize you and they know who you are. Well, like, you, you know, you do that for a while. You know, it's a, it's a long game. But Instagram, if I friend some guy in New Jersey, like, it's pretty rare. We're ever in business together. He's going to be first one to be here, vice versa. Like, it has happened, but it's such a less ROI where, like, Facebook yeah. is where we've got to get a lot more work. I've gotten a lot of people who've gotten more employees. If people just watch what you're doing, like, I want to do that. Or, you know, I can tell, you know, it may be a little better culture than this, you know, old crafty company, whatever. For sure. Just kind of, you know, getting, the more you get out there, the more you can expose yourself, the better. That's Yeah. Cool. And my philosophy on that is why not do the whole umbrella of Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Google My Business? Because even if you just, at the very minimal, just cross post everything and, you know, put it on each channel, because Facebook, you're going to get different 
um, sort of people listening. Instagram, of, of totally. course, you're getting different people. LinkedIn is is even further, you know, from that. And then Google My Business, obviously, that just helps uh, Google like pick up your keywords. So I I always just say like yeah. when in doubt, just cross post it to all platforms. Have a clean, consistent brand. Um, and then, yeah, it, sometimes it's not trying to get the job that day. It's, you know, in the future, you want to have at least 20, 24 touch points with somebody before they're going to buy from you. So it's like, yeah, get get in front of them, continuously get in front of them. And yeah, I mean, definitely bring the, bring the energy and bring the positive attitude as well. hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, it's like, if you need, if you need need business, well, you start marketing today, it's not going to help you today. It's going to help you in a couple months. Like, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, it's all the long game. If you need a job today, you're not going to get it from Facebook. You're going to get it from calling a past customer or, you know, like, you know, a referral or something like that. Like it's, it's, it's definitely a long game. Yeah, definitely. We call that um, like database reactivation. So if you have a list and you can just start hammering the phones um, and that's another, that's another touch point of just getting out to them and putting them, putting yourself in front of them again, because maybe they didn't need you when you reached out four months ago but just keep putting yourself out there and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I did see you in the parade and I did see your ad on FaceTube or whatever that platform's called. And, and then, yeah. uh, yeah, then and, they and, book and, you. And, and I got like, a magazine. Yeah. 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 I got a magazine in the mail that, and you guys have a front cover and then you're in the newspaper and you were in my email and I seen your yeah. truck on the road and I seen your yard sign on the corner and I see your billboard. And like, then, then like, like, like if you pop from anywhere, when, whenever they think it might be a year, they need something done or they know someone, you're the only one that comes to mind that like you got the job. Yeah. hundred percent. Consistency yeah, is key. Yeah. And it's just it that is. omnipresence, like just always being out there yeah. and being available. <laughs> oh, yep. Need awesome. another water. I grab another water. He's getting oh, there hot. We go. He's getting, I see. just, it's just it's as we're turning up working, the heat here. here. Um, so <laughs> one thing that Luke doesn't have. <laughs> yeah. So Garrett, uh, we're going to wrap up here in a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit before we jumped off. Um, I was watching some videos and I saw that you hadn't paid yourself for the first about two years. And I thought it was interesting yep. because I did the same exact thing. So I started Phaser in 2019 and didn't pay myself until I went full time with uh, in 2021 in August. So talk a little bit about that, because I think there is kind of a misconception with when you start a business that you're just rolling in the cash and it's all great. But like how, how and why, yeah. How and why did you, you know, not pay yourself for two years? And then like, how did it help you? So if you've ever grown a company, you know exactly what it's like. It costs an insane amount of money to grow a company, to, to build processes, to buy equipment, buy insurance. Like our insurance is over 150 grand this year. Like, like it, it's an insane amount of money. So like that putting it all back in the more you take out of it the more your business is going to suffer because like starting out your business isn't just cranking the revenue it's all this extra money laying around like oh what am i going to do with this like no when you're growing like it costs it costs a lot of money so i basically did that i lived up i still living at home when i was i moved out when i was 18 so obviously then i'd take a little bit of that's when i started paying myself a little bit for then when i was 18 it just just basically just enough to get by at that point pay a little bit of rent and you know food whatever but I basically did that just because the more you, the, the less you take from a business starting out, the faster and, you know, the more you're able to grow, the more you're able to pay stuff off, the more you're able to, you know, buy more equipment and buy smaller stuff cash. Like, so that's basically why we did it. Like, I would say starting out, take as little money as you possibly can from your company and just keep putting it back in, keep putting it back in because long-term it's going to make a huge difference. Yep. Yeah. And I've had conversations with other entrepreneurs or people that 
you know, want to start a business and they'll say, well, how do you live off of this much? And I'm like, honestly, like, I, I can't necessarily tell you that, like, you got to dig down and figure out like, what do you want? And, and I am definitely on the side of, I would rather not pay myself a dime and like go sleep in the street. If it meant that this business that I a hundred percent believe in is going to succeed. And yeah, I mean, I, we've been running now for three years and I still pay myself just a little bit just to get my wife and I buy and she works as well. But yeah. it's like, you, you see the value in, you know, the building this asset and building this up Huge. for the long term because yeah, we're not trying to make a quick buck in one year. We're trying to build this over the next few mm-hmm. years and 10, 20 years. Totally. Yep. And like I said, the, the, the less you take out and starting out, the more it's going to help you in a couple of years down the road. And yeah, like you said, you, like we were only five years old. Like we, we still have a long ways to go. So like if we can still, you know, be lean on what we take and then build like a really good machine that's just cranking out five, $10 million a year. Well, then we can start, you know, year seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, you know, then we can take a lot more money out if we wanted. Once you basically, we, are, we have this big machine that's just cranking, you know, mainly on its own or, you know, really profitable or like, you know, then you're, you're building a big, big machine that can go forever that you can make a ton of money from in the long term. So I think starting a business young, if you are, if you live in a home or you live for cheap and you're not married, like that's a huge advantage. Yeah. You have less obligations outside of work. You don't, you don't, you don't have a mortgage. You don't have, you know, uh, you know, a, a wife's vehicle payment. You don't, you have a wife that needs a $10,000 ring, like a lot cheaper to be on your own and young than it is, you know, with like Luke, like having, you know, a kid or two, like it's expensive. It's a lot of obligation. Like it's, it's hard, a lot harder to do a lot more to it. It's like building two businesses. It's like you got the whole thing at home and you got the whole you thing. You your family business here. and then um, the actual yeah. business, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So true. My, uh, a really, really smart, really smart guy. And he's an IT guy, my uncle. He's done really well for himself. He told me when I was starting out, he worked with like, Gary, you think it work? you think starting a business and building out is hard? Wait till you get married. And like, yeah, whatever. It can't be that bad. Now, now I'm getting into it, but like, it's, it's a yeah. Lot. It's not like your freedom is stripped or anything, but you you have other people to answer to, and you're like, well, what if I don't want to? What if I don't want to answer to you right now? I want to do my own thing. It's like, nope, sorry, you can't. <laughs> not gonna happen. Yeah. No, and you know who yeah. the warden is? Your can't wife. And you're just like, why well, can't make the warden mad? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's a I, yeah no. Yeah, I, I'm excited yeah. that you guys. You know, congrats to you guys on just getting married, and you know, if you decide to have kids or don't. My experience, I I would have I would have three kids right now if it was up to me, but gotta take it slow. We gotta get married first, gotta do the whole thing. So, but yeah, no, it's so much fun. I love it. Garrett, uh, thanks a million, man, for for jumping on the show here. And um we when we were putting this together, we're thinking like who is gonna be our next guest, who would be perfect to have on the show. Obviously, like we had people messaging us telling us, you know, who they wanted, and your name came up a few times, and we're like, Okay, this is a no-brainer. Like a Minnesota, just I mean, you're just like the guy. And I think a big part of of it too is a lot of people say like, oh, like you're killing it, you're doing all this great stuff. But I mean, there's so much more that goes into it behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And like before we jump off here, last thing is, dude, yeah. like, I mean, it's it's not easy, right? And it's you probably get a lot of you know attention yeah. from that. And that's why I wanted to you know. Uh, talk about, you know, how it was working with your sister too, because, um, you know, there's, there's more than one person that runs the business and that's in my business, that's in Luke's and yours. So I think it's just so important, but 
but you also do have to pat yourself on the back because you know you are a leader and you are leading um helping lead this team together and i just think it's it's badass it's cool and there's it was like you're the perfect guest to have on and yep. you're in the running for dirt bag of the year so i mean that's you a are. huge honor okay. that is a really big honor <laughs> yeah that year. is that is i i didn't know that was a I didn't know that was a thing until now, but it's neither uh, did it's we until yesterday. So it's commitment. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's uh it's just it's a lot of hard work, it's commitment, and like I said, it's a lot of it's it's almost even less hearing and more doing. Like you gotta get up there and do it. You gotta get up there and make those calls, you gotta make those those phone calls you don't want to make, you gotta have those uncom uncomfortable conversations, you gotta find someone that you really like work with for whatever reason. Like it's it's tough, it's not easy but it's, it, it can still be done, but you, you have to, you have to, like I said, you have to want it really bad. If it's a hobby and you're kind of in for it for, you know, for the money, if you're just in for them, you're never going to do it. They never get the money. <laughs> That's the yeah. way it is. Uh, it's just, yeah, having it for the right reasons and be hundred percent committed. Like you gotta, you have to be willing to do what it takes. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Obviously it's not easy. So you gotta be willing to do, you know, what everyone else doesn't want to do on a regular to really, to really get there. And then, you know, long-term you can really, it is it is what you make it to be i mean if you come i think of that can and how i will and when and why like i don't like i don't i don't ever complain like you know i have so much to be thankful for like complaining doesn't get you anywhere like, I, I hate hearing people complain there's a problem don't complain about it come up with a solution get it done move on get that done go to the next thing like it's yeah. it, 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 attitude is everything drive you know why like figure that out i like that yeah. i like oh, that. yeah words of the wise yeah well garrett that's that's a wrap man thank you again yeah, for, you for being on time. the dirt bags podcast um you know your your insight in the numbers is fascinating and i think it it just becomes so simple almost of just okay this is what we need to do so it was really cool to to have you on to you know discuss the numbers and just your whole story is is incredible so i know luke and i'll be uh you know cheering you on but i know we're going to be meeting up soon so it'll be good oh yeah man no, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I was happy to happy to come on and chat for a little bit. It goes by quick. It does. Yeah. Especially with these. <laughs>